This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I'm very excited to be bringing you a conversation I had with Carlo Palomino and Cameron Allen. We just recorded together when we were all hanging out in Austin, Texas. And individually, they have each been on this podcast several times. So if you want to search either of them and Magic of the Spheres, you can find the canon. And it's been maybe two years since we first mused about doing a podcast together. So I'm just so happy that this moment finally arrived and that I have something, some treasure to share with you all. Um, We posted a story on Instagram to ask you for topics that you wanted us to talk about. And we got two prompts that we went with. One being, how do you find community and find your people? And then the other being, how did we each learn to hold such excellent space? This was a real delight beyond delight for me to collaborate with them both. I've learned so much from them and the codes, teachings, medicines they each carry. Both Carla and Cameron have very inspiring relationships to embodiment, this way that the body, soul, and psyche are all connected and all of these unique new pathways that form from the intimate exploration and embodiment of that inquiry. They're both mystics. They are both very practical. Like even though they go so far out and are so deeply unique, they really substantiate, manifest, and protect the magic um, and put it into form in a way that they share with community. They're both so diligent in their craft. They are both extremely skilled allies and guides in the realm of transformation and alchemy. I just think the world of them, and I'm really happy to have them both on the show. I also love how Saturn and Aquarius, where Saturn is now, these topics are around finding community, which can be a place of hardship or hard work or something that takes time, and also holding space capacity and structure being a Saturnian topic as well. I'm actually in Saturn return um, as a Saturn and Aquarius. And at this point in my life, I do feel surrounded by amazing people. I feel really blessed, amazing people like Cameron and Carla. And it definitely wasn't always this way. I used to go through these crises or hardships that I felt no one around me understood. And even if I voiced my process out loud, which I did, um, it was rare at times for me to find the advice or guidance or understanding that I wanted or felt I needed. I felt alien at times. Ultimately, this isolation I felt drove me deeper into myself and my studies. It also helped me recognize like where resonance was, like in the kind of quiet or in the static, like where I felt the lit, magical, like vibrant energy. Um... It brought me to the experiment of expressing myself in the world in the prayer of finding like-minded people until with time I found others with whom I shared resonance and that just multiplied. Sometimes it starts with one candle in the dark. I think a real medicine of Aquarius, 
is following our excitement. Even though at times on the path, following our excitement will take us off the trail of the known, off the kind of map of the community that we're in. And this is the call to adventure in the hero's journey, which can feel lonely at first and often throughout. You know, some classic advice for finding our people in this life is to, quote, be yourself. And that is what it boils down to. But being ourselves is something that takes a lot of deconditioning, you know, from like the programs we've internalized from family, culture, etc. Being ourselves takes time to get to know our actual core soul essence. It takes experimentation and often the willingness to be alone for periods of time. Could it be that our very defenses from loneliness are at times a distraction from getting to know ourselves? I never liked feeling alone when I felt most profoundly alone. It was painful at times, but I look back on that time and can see that I was undergoing an internal evolution, and that's just how it had to play out. If finding your community is a place of seeking, yearning, internal distress, if it's a hope, if it's a dream, perhaps this episode can offer some insights and pathways. Some announcements before we begin. First, get on my mailing list. This is a place to find out about my astrology reading openings and the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive, which I will be offering again this upcoming winter for the 11th cohort. Dates to be announced um, and the mailing list is the best place to find out about that, as well as my reading openings, and that is linked in the notes, the mailing list. And then I have a new long-form article about the earth signs and self-esteem and self-esteem cultivation through the lens of the earth signs. The wisdom teachings of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn combine for a very pragmatic but also spiritual exploration of self-esteem. Self-esteem, self-valuing, is an expression of self-love, and self-love becomes our capacity to receive love from life and also our capacity to give to life and to give our gifts in this life. Self-esteem is not an indulgent, self-obsessed game. It is an intrinsically meaningful way of being rooted in love and participating in reality from that root. I sat with the three earth signs for contemplation on how they each help us move toward being rooted in love to share with you. And if you want to read that article, it is linked in the show notes. And lastly, Please review this podcast. I've gotten numerous messages in the last few months, so I know it's a pattern for us now, so it's time to have a talk about it, that you have written drafts of how much this podcast has meant to you, only to erase the draft in a, no, it's not enough, it does not convey the full depth of my feeling, which I cannot put into words. I tease and I love you, but please let supposedly imperfect words suffice. I would rather have your imperfect approximation of how you value this podcast as a review, because at a technical level, your review boosts this podcast in various podcast apps, which allows more people to find it, which is a way you can support the community and also the livelihood of this podcast and reciprocity. And perhaps if you study with me in one of my courses, you will have influence bringing people um, into the group and maybe a valued friend. My communities and courses are a total vibe because we share residents from across the planet and care deeply about the same and similar astrological, spiritual, psychological, somatic, etc. explorations. Your podcast review helps that ecosystem. As for the depth of feeling which cannot be conveyed, 
let's have a chat, okay? Let that inspiration spill out however it's meant to in your life. You would be surprised how often I inwardly feel like my words are not enough and kind of just put that voice down and keep going because that voice is never satisfied. You know, to that voice, nothing is ever enough, ever. But I had this existential crisis in college that words would never convey the thing they pointed at. No matter how refined the words became, that words are a psychedelic portal. You know, words are psychedelic portals at best. And I just unraveled from there and have been surfing a stream of esoteric mythopoetic language ever since that has attracted soul family like you. My secret intention behind every podcast episode, to which I've never announced explicitly here, but I do tell my collaborators to cue them in, um, is that each episode is inspiring and uplifting in some way, even if we go deep into challenging places, that we create pathways. It has been my prayer that this podcast positively changes the lives of those it touches, just as the ideas that penetrate my heart and the people who I admire have changed my life. So just keep it moving, a phrase I pick up from Cameron Allen, actually, who you will be hearing from today. I do have a gift for podcast reviewers. Just send me a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me. And so this is a podcast review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. So send me a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com. And I'll send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality, which includes several talks at the intersection of astrology and manifestation, and includes one of my favorite talks I've ever made called Leo, Play and the Evolution of Alternate Realities, which tracks how play itself is an origin to serious play, aka ritual, which does in fact alter the fabric of our lives. So that's all in terms of announcements. Get on the mailing list read the new article about self-esteem and the earth signs and review this podcast and email it to me and with that i'll get into this lovely conversation that i had with cameron and carla Carla Palomino and Cameron Allen. This is a momentous occasion. We are in Austin, Texas, and we asked for some of your suggestions about what we could all podcast together, and we got two suggestions. One was about how do we find community? How do we find each other? Um, Which is really sweet. That touches my heart because I'm here with my very best friends. So, so happy to be here. Um, And then the other suggestion we got was how do we hold such great space? So Mm. I think to start out with um, maybe just some introductions and how you currently feel about community, which of course may be loaded question. (laughs) Yeah. So, hmm. So I feel a few different ways about community right now. You know, the first thing that came up when I just felt into it just a little bit, it was, that uh, we just came back from ESAR like a week ago. And so starting to feel more cohesive and connective with um, not necessarily the whole astrological community as a whole, but with a specific amount of people that I've been communing with and been in connection with, that has been allowing me to feel like I'm building or creating a community. Even the fact that my sister was at ESAR, you know, that was like a really beautiful thing for me. 
and the people that she's in connection to is this company Astrology Hub. And mm-hmm. I've been building connection with them and we feel like we commune really well. And then weaving other threads of other people into that feels like my network is building in that way. And not necessarily network from like just a business perspective, but just like the web that I'm creating in my life to create connection. And so that's the first thing that came up. Mm. The second thing that came up was me kind of, hmm, I'm like missing my, like, <laughs> I call them my children. <laughs> I mean, they're not my children, but I'm like missing my children back in Memphis right now. Mm. And uh, something came through the other day. It was talking about how I've been spending my energy in a certain type of way since I've been gone from my community in Memphis and how it was, what was coming through was basically I was being a bit selfish and how oftentimes I have devotional time for prayer for each person that just comes through and I haven't been doing that as much. And so feeling like my responsibility to my community hasn't been held up as much as it should have been. And I'm not one to necessarily shit on myself too much. Um, So I feel pretty okay about that. But that's something that came through. And then I was just thinking about, I haven't had go-to cola tea in like probably like two weeks now. And go-to cola is a plant that's like part of my community, part of my family of plants that I work with in times of like desiring clarity and connection with the world at large. So that's kind of how I'm feeling around community right now. And not only that, but being here with you both has been epic. And yeah, it's always so nourishing. So yeah, that's what I'm feeling into right now. What about you, Carla? Mm, I for, so I kind of forgot what the question was. Something about how how we feel about yeah, community. Yeah, introducing yourself and how you're currently feeling about community. Hello, everyone. It has been maybe a little over a year since I've been on Sabrina's podcast. I'm Carla Palomino. Um, I am a devotee of primordial wisdom of the left hand feminine path. I I teach embodiment and soul earth connection to really connect with the earth to wake the parts of our soul that are asleep or forgotten and be in this remembrance through our connection to our bodies as earth um i hold initiations and rite of passage work uh the most recent work that i've been really feeding has been loba we're about to have our third loba initiation in mexico in October. And these are uh, multiple day long in-person earth-based ceremonial, a series of elemental led ceremonies to really, really wake Loba, which is the wolf, which is a archetypal symbol of our wild primordial nature. And to really remember this um, through ceremony, because in ceremony, life is ceremony, but ceremony is the way that we come into remembrance and as this like place to really symbolize and embody and weave what our prayer for our lives are. I feel really tender about community because I, mm, what I'm really sitting with is how there is no true community without a sovereign, without sovereignty, without a deep relationship to our own values, our own knowing what it is that we need, our own voice and how, um, you know, it, it feels like this, this really key point of being able to fully, fully be in community is to know ourselves really, really deeply 
not because we need to be the same as anybody else, but it's this sort of way of understanding our role within a community, within the Mm -hmm. ecosystem. And when we're in connection with that, when we've taken the time to really, really go through the rights of individualizing and knowing what it is that we hold, what medicine that we carry and allow ourselves, of course, to be reflected through other people, that's, I think, how we can really be in true community because there tends to be a really, really glorified idea of community and um, a lot of, oh, let's go back to the village and this sort of utopian ideal around community. And I, I think we we really, there's so many different pieces, key pieces that are so, so needed for how we are to actually fully hold community when shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. when the shadows that inevitably happen through the reflection of other people come up. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been really, really sitting with. Beautiful. I am in, you know, thinking about this question about community right now. I'm just at the end of a a long travel. I left um, in mid-June and I was visiting people that I've been friends with for years who I'm some of them hadn't even met in person yet. Friends from the astrology community, friends that I've called crying, you know, at late at night and it's their daytime on the other side of the world, friends that have guided me through initiations, friends that I don't even know where I'd be without, and yet I'd never even met them in person. So when I think about community, I think about being an 11-year-old who did not really have friends in person. I had one friend at a time, and then I had tons of friends on the internet. I was made fun of at school for being an animal rights activist, and then online adults were donating money to animal rights charities in my name. (laughs) I've had a weird experience of community in the sense of like really feeling like I was spread out and disconnected and isolated and alone, but that if I just, you know, it's been a thing that I've really been working toward and I'm in my Saturn return and got to a space where I had the freedom and resources Mm. to travel to the people that I love. um, And it's shifting my relationship with, how I think I'm organizing my life, you know, what I think of as home geographically. So right now with community, I feel like I'm in a space of celebration because I've been on this journey of having the time of my life. And it's been because of the people that I've been around. Um, But it's this different experience of like finding myself around people like you all and just like not exactly wanting to like go home and go do my own thing. I'm just like, yeah, I could keep hanging out with you guys. Like, I'm happy here. (laughs) Mm. So I feel really, I feel like I'm in a space of integration. And also um, it's the most fun and, you know, it's been so much fun. And both of you are also people that I feel really safe with when it comes to like, if something is coming up, I don't feel like I need to hide it or kind of like be weird. It's like weirder for me to hide it. Like, I feel like I can just be out with whatever's coming up and both of you are so deeply alchemical so it also shows me that love and community does create the space for us to process mm-hmm. our core wounds or to process like what's coming up and mm-hmm. i think that you know to have a community that is solid enough to be able to hold that so that when these things inevitably come up we're not in some karma drama trauma but we're actually like evolving together is really, you know, a wonderful experience to have in this life and not something that's easy to come by by any means. Mm -hmm. As soon as you were speaking about that, this last piece around the 
having, having community, having relations, friendships, right. Where you're actually able to alchemize, you're actually able to transmute and, and grow in a way that is, is, is true, like a, an evolving sort of way. I feel like, you know, our first, our initial kind of the way that we are introduced to community is through our family unit, unit, right? Like the traditional for here in the U S here in the West, like the traditional family unit, like your mom, your dad, and, and the way I'm immediately thinking about our attachment wounds and how we really heal our attachment wounds that we inevitably get through just simply being human. Right. And how we, I'll oftentimes heal that through intimate one-on-one partnership. But over the years, what I've come to see is that in the right relationships, like in the right communities, you actually can do that deeper attachment wound healing work in your friendships. And a lot of the times it's like, we've, you know, I think we're getting into this place where it's like, it's, we don't just do that work with our partner, you know, mm-hmm. just the person, the person that we're in a traditional relationship with. If we actually are committed to truth, we can have that in our communities. If we are, as you said, right. Willing to move beyond the karma, drama, trauma triangle, which is so much of how we're taught in the overculture through mainstream media to relate with one another. And I think that that's like, really 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 key and for me has been vital in in understanding myself within community you know it's in the friendships and in the communities in which the shadow is welcome that which is unconscious that where growth is valued that where we're we're willing to put aside our i need to be right etc to actually you know like confront confront the hard things Mm -hmm. and come into into deeper love yeah yeah Yeah, that's beautiful i love that yeah and it's making me think about um just growing up like being an athlete you know um and like what a gift it really is um because really community or being like in a group together you know in in that culture there's a lot of like unsavory things that happen for sure but just thinking about we have to go to war together no matter what you know mm. and like what does that really mean it's like if i so everybody that's around me i'm always like holding them as if like we're all like you're about to go to war i'm about to go to war just like sometimes there's just war that happens in life and i could even be combative with you and we could still go to war together mm. you know and like thinking about that from yeah it's, it's not as much of a warrior mentality as actually we like to defeat something that's outside of us but most of the times now it's like something that's internal And the ability to hold that has just been like really potent because, yeah, there were so many people that I was on a football team with and really and truthfully, some of them, I just didn't like them, but I was like hold space for them and care for them in the ways that they needed it. Even if sometimes I beat their ass on like on some real shit, I would just, we would just fight and then we would fight together. And yeah, it's something I just don't see in communities, the ability to clash, bump heads and then still move forward with the goal in mind, you know, with the larger purpose. And I do see a lot of groups of people who try to organize around a specific purpose, but they can't clash or come together in a way that's actually serving the the, the bigger thing, the higher calling. And they're all, um, and when I say all, of course, that's a bit dramatic, but for the most part, as overgeneralization, I see them serving their self, mm-hmm. or I see their wounds coming up 
and they're serving that even though they're trying to project it onto the larger thing um, in general. Mm -hmm. Mm. That. That reminds me too of this way that like, let's take the astrology community because that's one that I can like really tap into. Um, But any community actually similarly where we're surrounded by something unusual or like some kind of niche interest in the sense that, okay, so we don't belong in like the main society. And so how do we take that sense of not belonging? And then when you are in the space of being around people that feel like our people bringing that sense of alienation and that alchemizing through the connections. Um, I love what you said about going to war together, like feeling the Martian, you know, miss of the three of us seems to be something on this podcast. Um, but what it's like to have the intelligence, say the shadow work intelligence or the alchemical, alchemical intelligence to find the distortions that are coming up and be able to process them and kind of burn through them without burning each other unnecessarily. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, oftentimes when we, when we hit these core places, not all of the time, but I would say most of the time, what's really coming up is core wound material is rubbing up against each other. It's, it's two-sided, you know, it's a two-way street and it takes a really deep level of commitment to something big, as Cameron said, something bigger than our own ego, individual selves, mind to actually make it through that portal of, of like, oh, okay, here, you know, here's my material. Here's my unconscious material wound that's coming up. Here's yours. Here's how together they're creating a sort of like hook, right? Like receptor sites, they're connecting and they're, they're working something out, right? It's mythic and it's necessary, right? It's an actual portal opportunity, but it's when we lose sight of what that bigger thing is that we're in service to together, that purpose where it's easier to allow our own drama to swoop us. And then we, we lose sight of what we're really there for. And then we just, uh, we walk away, you know, half battle, and then we take that somewhere else. And then we, we keep kind of playing that out. And the most powerful communities have been the ones, and I've been in so many communities and I would love to talk about them, but are the ones where it's like the love and truth are interchangeable and they are at the core center of why we are there. Like the growth, mm-hmm. love, truth, and doesn't mean it won't get crunchy, mm-hmm. but we, but we, but we're, but we're able to both own our parts and hold that bigger thing. Yeah. So for people, I'm kind of thinking about people that are longing for community and don't feel connected to it. It's like, how do you begin to find your people from a place of feeling alone? Yeah, I would. I like to start things at the very beginning. Um, and so I would even take it like beyond people. And and I would like bring it back to like myself and my body and <clears throat> Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day and, and they were talking about like these social experiences that they have and how they don't feel like they have community. And as began to just talk to them about like their microbiome and like how that is like the community that they can cultivate no matter what in this world. You know, a lot of times people focus on well, we need community. Well, we need tribe and, the, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, 
yeah, you're right and you don't have it right now. And and we're very fragmented as a collective right now. So what are you going to do? Mm. Mm. What, so when, when was the last time you put your hands in the dirt and got in connection with in, in, in communion with that community, with the tree down the street, with the lake that's moving past you every day as you walk in your sorrow around not having connections with people, but you're not even connected to yourself, you know? And so I always go back to that um, first and foremost, because yeah, I think it's really important. And, and when you learn how to build that up, then you can not only build up others, but you can also understand what does it feel like to even have care? If you don't care for yourself, how can you care for others? If not, it's just a pie in the sky idea. So that's where I would start. Um, yeah. Mm. Mm. 100. Okay. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's paradoxical because it's like the willingness to be alone and the knowing that I'm never alone. Mm. I am never, we are never alone. Like the earth is alive. The tree is alive. The sun on my naked flesh and me allowing myself to receive the rays through my flesh is that communion mm -hmm. it's that reciprocity it's that two-way street that's already beginning and really allowing you know allowing the the soil to speak to me the branches the trees and allowing myself to be you know i i go i've been going swimming a lot since moving to austin and different bodies of water and it's like when i'm in the water which has been so special for me it's like can i really let her in can I really let in the water and be in a beloved relationship here with the water? And can I allow myself to connect with, you know, not just not, yeah, not just other humans, but all the kin that is around me to actually begin that conversation that's necessary for me to even be naked enough to actually be willing to be seen, be willing to be felt. Yeah. For me, it has taken a lot of willingness to not self-abandon just to be with other people because I, quote unquote, don't want to be alone. And so I'd rather go cope by, you know, cope by being with people who actually it's it's not really there. It's not really feeding me. It's not really nourishing me in a true way. And, you know, disclaimer there, it's also really important to come back to like, how are you showing up? Right. Are you are you just expecting other people to nourish you and feed you? Or are you showing up with that ability to give to overflow? Right. It has a lot because, you know, ultimately it is a reflection. The people around us are are a mirror for us in whatever whatever way that wants to be and so i've had to move i've had to be willing to move through a lot of periods of time in my life of like dark night of the soul on the ground with that pit of loneliness in my stomach and like i'm just can't find my people and the, you know the the pain body story of i'm so lonely etc like i've always been a misfit i've always been an oddball out you know that was lone wolf that has been a very very strong identity for me but actually the more that i started being filled up by life by my own my my own soul and through relation with the earth and just like actually being the kind of person that i'd want to be friends with as simple as that mm -hmm. is actually how i've 
brought in these two amazing people in my life and so many others where I'm like, oh, we are, we are truly in devotion to maybe not the exact same thing. A, a lot of them, yes, but it's like, it is in the same web and it is true. These are such beautiful transmissions. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of qualities like turn you on about community? Like if you are thinking about what you actually seek or what you desire, like what does that look like ideally? For me, I, <clears throat> I always think about just like, and I've been thinking about this a lot, especially, you know, there's this person I've Tune into his name's Eli Marcus, you know, you know love Marcus. Eli yeah. Marcus. Love. Totally. And so just thinking about like, and I was like this in orientation already from the beginning, but I didn't have words around it. But for me, it's always about what do I value? What value do I have? What value am I bringing? And just being able to share that because I'm a very particular type of person. And so since I'm a particular type of person, there's a lot of things that I know that I need from others but it also means that it's needed of me and never 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 removing myself from that you know what i need other people other people need from me in the way that i need from them and just like even though when i just said that i kind of stumbled over my words because it's like this cyclical thing of like if i build value in myself i'm building value for others inherently and that's spilling out of me um yeah i think i think that's what that's what I would say for now. Yeah, mm. I could say more, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Mm. The first thing that came to me, interestingly enough, the first word was freedom. Freedom. And, you know, when people think freedom, it's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want and, you know, I'm free and, and et cetera. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> I'm a woman in Sagittarius. And, um, you know, I've had to really learn through that moon and Sag actually how to, how freedom does not mean just doing whatever I want all the time, et cetera, moving from that place. It's, it's actually this, this much deeper thing. Like it's like, it's freedom's got this sort of, uh, container around it. So I, I'm not really sure why this is coming up, but I'm just really feeling this, Okay. Now it's, now it's landing a little more. It's like freedom of expression. It's like, you know, you, you walk through a forest, there, there's a tree, there, there's a little Creek, there's a rock, there's the branches and the leaves swaying. Everyone is playing their role in the ecosystem. We don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to express the same. We don't all have to you know, bring the same value. Mm -hmm. We have a different uh, gift that we are, that we are bringing. And, you know, of course, inside of that, there is this multidimensional piece where we, we are multidimensional and there's, there's a vastness and a mystery inside of all of us that can never be fully understood ever. Right. But I think it's about really honoring the freedom of expression in each individual and and really being in reverence to that like not trying to all be the same etc you know which is different from you know being in devotion to something that holds the group together but I think it's it's coming back to we all got a different role to play and can we allow the freedom to express that in our own unique way 
Yeah, that makes me think of responsibility a lot. Um, I was thinking of something similar. Yeah, it makes me think about responsibility and yeah, it just makes me think about responsibility and what the way that people tote or carry responsibility as you're supposed to do this, you should do that, mm-hmm. and that's not um, that's not the way I see responsibility. I see it as like my ability to respond what's happening in life, yeah. and so when I have the ability to respond what's happening in life, not only can I play my part. But I can also, um, yeah, help other people acknowledge what their part is. And and if I can see them clearly, then I'm not asking for the root system of the of the tree to flower and be beautiful. I'm asking for it to anchor me and know that it has like a grittiness to it and you can't pull it up. And, you know, yeah, I always go. I'm always going back to like the ecosystem nature thing because it just it's it becomes so evident when I when I feel into it, when I look at it, I would never want a Venus flytrap to just be sit there and be a pretty like Lily or something, you know, and just like being able to understand that um, is the freedom of expression that I'm like hearing you say, but it's like the responsibility. So, yeah. Something that I was thinking of was like, and this may be Jupiterian, like I'm a Jupiter world chart, but I think something that I seek in people are, are people that are fun to be around and not just because they're like fun in some way, but they're, comfortable in themselves and there's a way that they are accessing an octave of life that is the capacity for celebration and the capacity for grief the capacity to hold themselves the capacity to make choices Mm. and i feel like when people aren't playing at that level of game yet Mm -hmm. there's a sense of Mm -hmm. um being in need from life right Mm. and like needing Mm. other people to validate them needing other people to take care of them And when that happens, it doesn't feel like friendship as much as it feels like a caretaking relationship. And sometimes that's just where people are at. But it doesn't feel like, oh, this is my community. This is where I can rest. It's like this person is in a state of need. And not to put too much value judgment on that because I've totally been there too. And it makes me think about times in my earlier life where my friendships were based on talking about our problems and like helping each other out or like venting. And the way that that began to feel so restraining of like, I want more from life. Like I want full bodied expression. I want like self-actualization. And then, you know, in that state to become bored or to become disenchanted with spending time with people who I felt were always complaining about something or people that were like always upset about something like at this like egoic layer, as opposed to where are the philosophers? Like where are the people that are reflecting deeply on life? Like where are the people that have um, some inspiration or something higher that they're living toward. And I feel like that quality, you know, to speak Carla to what you said earlier about not just kind of seeking the comfort of company because you don't want to be alone. I feel like there have been times where I'm like up leveling within myself and to hold the moment of like, you know, when I look around, there's no one that I really want to hang out with. Um, and to not become misanthropic, entirely of like oh people just suck right Mm -mm. to not become holier than thou of like i'm better than everyone else but to be like something's happening where i've changed at an inner level and my external reality the network that i have hasn't reflected that yet and so how do i hold this new thing that's growing inside of me with god with the stars with the plants with the creek and start to begin to put myself out there in reality in a way and honestly the podcast like my writing the newsletter, like everything I've been doing on the internet has been a prayer for community because it felt like 
okay, I have this voice, like I have things to say, but it started honestly from feeling like completely alone and decimated at various points in life and having this really strong vision come through of I'll find my people if I put my voice out there in the world. Mm. Um, And I found both of you during pretty difficult times in my life too, right? And even times where I was like, um, I know the point where I met Cameron, the way I was relating to Facebook, I literally felt so dead inside. Like I was having a horrible time in my life Mm. and I just didn't care And so I was like fully in my like songbird energy of like whatever transmissions are coming through. I don't care what people are thinking of me because I literally have nothing to lose, you know, and that energy, I notice that, oh, then I start to get attached to people or having a good time and I get shyer and a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. of like, well, now I don't want to express myself fully because what will people think? And to actually like shed that and continue to show up authentically which, you know, we say that Maxim, like, be yourself. And it's, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. It takes time and experience to know who we are. And it's also shedding the constant codependency of culture. Because sometimes being yourself or being authentic will have your family or your community being like, what the fuck is going on with you? You know, there's people that have, you know, interest in astrology and they have um, religious family members and they're scared to come out in that way or whatever it is, like, community holds us together in a meaningful way. And sometimes the communities that we have around us become um, not true anymore, almost like we've outgrown a shell or like a crab, you know, like getting a new shell. What's it like to grow beyond what we've already been into without even demonizing or rejecting where we've come from? Don't even Mm -hmm. have to make everyone wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And, it's just making me think about, um, yeah, how I've not necessarily outgrown the place that I started at working at the herb shop, but since I've expanded outside of that, how actually my relationship with the community has just shifted. It hasn't changed um, completely to where I'm not in the community, but even when I'm outside of the community, it's like I'm a light. It's like my relationship to the community is like being on the ground with the people, going from there to being in California at a conference or, or in Oregon at a conference or, or wherever I'm at, it's like, it actually is a new connection to the community. And it's like bringing people hope, bringing people inspiration. And yeah, I just am reflecting on that in this moment and yeah. And how I can do that even more moving forward. And then also um, feeling into like my ancestors and how they, they, you know, it's sometimes I feel like people have this vision of what I should be based off of ideas of the past and how my ancestors have shown me a vision of myself that's different than a lot of people that um, would be considered, um, I guess, like uh, community leaders. And yeah, just thinking about that too, the community that isn't here with me anymore too, just feeling into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we have any more thoughts on community before we talk about holding space? Hmm. Yeah, commune with people first, you know, (laughs) before you try to think that you're in a community. Because I think, yeah, people think that they're in a community, but really they're just in a group of humans that have like the same ideas. Um, and if you haven't communed, then you can't have a community because, yeah, shared shared interests and ideas aren't 
the same thing as community. Mm. And I don't have responsibility to somebody just because they like astrology like I like astrology. Mm -hmm. If I haven't connected and plugged in with you, Mm -hmm. I might want to connect with you. I might be in the process of attempting to build community with you, but we might not necessarily be in community. And I think that's something that we should think about because it's, it's important. And when we try to jump the gun and just tap in in that way, and then everything comes crumbling down all too easily because it's frail and it's based off a foundation that doesn't even exist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That. So th- th- my last thoughts on community here are loving discernment, loving discernment. And, you know, sometimes people think that having discernment or having boundaries um even having high standards, right, is like being closed. It's not. Um, you know, I've had the experience in my life of, you know, I would I, like I always say this like every year, like my life just gets better and better as I get older. And even as I was a kid, I was I was this little chubby kid, really awkward, really ADD, you know, like not a lot of friends really made fun of really intense. Like, you know, I, ever since I was a kid, I always knew that my adulthood would be the bloom, the blossom for me. I always knew that. And now that I'm here, I'm like, I'm a croneship, you know, eldership. I'm like, <laughs> uh, and, but not in this, like, oh, I'm waiting for the future, but just in this Mm, like ripening is beautiful. Ripening and stripping off is beautiful, right? And so what I'm getting at is that I've had the experience of feeling like this very, you know, Sabrina was talking about the codependency enmeshment inside of relationships. And I've had enormous amounts amounts of that. And also just this, this um, antsiness of wanting to be liked and and, and wanting friends and, and wanting to be cool and, you know, all of all of these very human experiences. And as I've gotten older, you know, and really, really taken the, the lot of time to know me, to honor my medicine, pour so much care and attention and time, energy, resources into my gifts, grow from the deep inside, you become more magnetic. Like that is an inevitable piece of it. And I think if you carry a sort of wound inside of you of at other points in your life, just not really being the cool kid or being the awkward one or like the one that really got made fun of, et cetera, it can, it can kind of, you know, get a little egoic and get a little like, Ooh, you know, and, and, and then you, you, there, there can be an ability to over open or to be nice or et cetera. And just think that it means that everyone has access to you, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, I, you know, I love humans so much. Like I have a deep, 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 deep love of humans. And I've had to really learn and I'm still learning the art of just proper discernment around you know, who's, who's a, who's a student, a client, um, who is a student client. That's like that. Like I actually have enough rapport with trust with that. I can actually also, you know, show and share my, my, my human with, right. Because we have that level of, of connection, you know, we've gotten to that place. Also, 
um, and, and who's like someone who I really, truly want to build relation with. Mm. Right. Um, and not just like being an all you can eat buffet of energy. Um, so this is something that I think is, is constantly being refined inside of me. And, um, I think it comes back to, to really having your, having your discernment and your energetic hygiene. And I think that that's really important to hold. Yeah. To hold in community. Something that I've been getting from just synthesizing what both of you have shared and what's been coming through is this connection that community is an extension of our relationship with ourself. Like community is like a macro, right? It's like how we're relating to the world, how we're relating to groups. And then we're bringing ourselves into it. And there's this high level of discernment, I guess, that goes into one, how we're even relating to our own gifts, our own soul purpose is that you know, are we honoring that? Are we walking that path? Do we feel alienated from ourselves at that deep level? Right. So like refining that relationship with ourselves and community can be a part of that awakening. You know, like I had my first astrology teacher I met because he lived in the same place as me. Like that was a way that community like reached into my soul in that way, or there was something kismet there. But a sense that we're refining our relationships with ourselves at a depth level and then learning the art of collaborating with others. So it is it's a tall order. I think we speak of community often really idealistically, um, but it requires a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit ton. Um, another thing I would add is, uh, and this is just an invitation for reflection, especially if it lands a little stingy for you. Don't create community based off anti like, don't create community based off of yes. this is what yeah. we don't this is what we don't like, because Ooh. if somebody says, who are you? And you say, I don't like fill in the blank. That's no. that's not authentic. Mm-mm. That's that's um a trauma bond group orgy. Like, you know, it's like just be really mindful around <laughs> <laughs> just be mindful around the anti thing and. And is that really sustainable yes. to be in connection with people and call it a community when really yes. you're against something? Like, what do you stand for? Yeah. I say that too for individuals, like know what you're building a relationship <laughs> and service to in your life, mm-hmm. not just what you're against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a huge Iranian thing. Don't too. build from the, from the bandaid over the wound, like a fucking, fucking heal that wound like what's inspiring you what are you building toward you know having vision because i think just being against something is like yeah can be insidious yeah it can be insidious can be problematic and it also can put a lot of holes in what's really underneath it and what's really trying to blossom forth you know like Mm -hmm. there's so many people that i work with in memphis tennessee and they and I consistently see them talk about like their relationship with their doctors. And they're just like, I just want to use plants, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, I want you to use plants too. And also I don't have an MRI machine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what these doctors have been through. And so like, if you're anti-doctor, that's like pulling you down and this mm-hmm. energy that you're using that you could be using towards the world that you actually want to create. Mm-hmm. And so also in that way, knowing if you do build through no or yes is important as well. So, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. But just knowing being against something is not necessarily giving you fuel towards the truest truth that exists within you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's steeped inside of that. Like something needs to be perpetrated. Right. Yeah. In that anti 
And so, <laughs> you know, you boil it down, like you might be the one to be perpetrated yeah. within those dynamics. <laughs> uh, speaking from a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and last thing, exile can be the greatest gift. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so holding space, I, it kind of just dropped into me that both of you are teachers of mine in terms of my own capacity to hold space. Mm. Um, so maybe I'll just share that and then ask you to, mm-hmm. um, Carla, when it comes to holding space, you've taught me, I'm in such awe of your embodiment work. Um, I journey with Carla, um, And it started in person for me in Oakland and just going to Carla's event and being like, I just had more fun than I've had in a really long time. I feel like a kid, you know, and then Carla also, you know, holding and creating the space for me to go down and into places where I'm like ugly crying and I'm ashamed that I'm ugly crying, you know, or like having some kind of soul unraveling in front of people, (laughs) the full range range. and something that, um, came through as I was like, I want to be like this too. Like I hold a certain kind of space. I channel things astrologically, but I want to know these like shamanic codes. And I feel like we had some conversation about it, Carla, where you told me that the more you go into your own embodiment, the more that you'll be able to, you know, feel other people's bodies and their process in your own body. And as I've been going in and like learning about this process of like, oh, I'm trying to my body is trying to cry, but my ego doesn't want to cry right now. And now I feel it getting stuck in my throat, right? I feel myself swallowing that grief. And now when I see other people holding back tears, I feel that in my throat. You know, it's like you've taught me how to actually like have this more shamanic sense of awareness in my own body. And that came from you being on the path, but you also giving me that code of like, the more you go in, the more you're going to be able to go in for others. And so now the way that I see holding space mm. for others is like, it's a lifestyle of being in a really deep, intimate relationship with my own reality. Mm. So thank you, Carla. Mm. <laughs> and Cameron, I feel like mm. the way that you like, you have this energy to me of like, a tree with extremely deep roots, oh. like a tree that just like goes to the center of the earth. Um, I feel like I can bring anything to you and it's just not a big deal or it's like, okay, so you feel that. And there's like a capacity to be with whatever it is that's helped me simply be with whatever I'm experiencing without adding an extra layer of resistance to it. There's like deep, like sober, like Capricorn medicine. Um, and You've also taught me how this comes from being in relationship with the earth. So I feel like even, you know, I've like had some experiences with plant medicine (laughs) and then talked to you about it. And that sense of like the plants kind of grinding my ego into the ground (laughs) and me learning like, wow, the stuff that I make drama out of in my human is actually not that big of a deal in comparison to like the primordial void from which everything comes to and like Mm -hmm. we're born and then we're going to die kind of energy. And so I feel like you've brought it back down to these like essentials that are really compassionate and also like no bullshit. Yeah. Sharp. Beautiful question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you, Sabrina. Yeah. 
true. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you kind of, you kind of just said it. You like that's like space holding for me has directly come from my capacity to sit with my own pain without looking away and confronting my own quote unquote demons, <laughs> really these unloved exiled parts of myself that have just been so unloved and buried in the closets and the crevices and caverns of my own body that really become the unconscious that really mm -hmm. become you know, we, we create our lives from the unconscious, um, for the most part. And so it's really been around my own process of not looking away and my own alchemical processes through my body that I've learned both from teachers and the earth, you know, human teachers and, and earth teachers and, I really think that as a space holder, as a facilitator of a practitioner of any kind, it is vital that you do your own inner work and excavations. You know, don't don't go like trying to save other people from their own shit when you have not like actually sat with your own shit. Do not do it from your own codependent trying to hold other people through something that you can't even hold yourself through. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. that has so much to do with how, how we show up with people. It is such a big responsibility to space hold, you know, and of course there's degrees of responsibility inside of that, but the realm that I, you know, the, at my level of work with people, it is, it's a really big responsibility, you know, and not in the responsibility of like, I am responsible for their life's journey. No, 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 no. That's still codependent, but it's, it's like, it's how I show up with them. Mm -hmm either can be more poison or can be medicine, right? And sometimes medicine is bitter. Sometimes medicine is sharp and it doesn't taste good, right? It doesn't feel that good to be with, but it's, it's, it's really important for me always to come back to allowing myself to dive deeper into my own processes. And that is a direct mirror to how I show up with other people. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just feeling into and thinking about like all my teachers um primarily right now i'm thinking about like my plant teachers and how <clears throat> relentless they were and yeah. also how relentless they taught me to become in my own process um through really just Feeling my sense of self just yes, yes. demolished, <laughs> demolished, <laughs> just ripped off to just ripped off of me to a point where it's like, yep, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's happening. I mm, it hurts so bad. Mm -hmm, yep, it hurts so bad. Oh, I'm grieving. Mm -hmm, yep, you're grieving. Mm -hmm. I feel so alone. Mm -hmm, yep, mm -hmm. you feel alone. <laughs> and it's just like continuously over mm -hmm. and over and mm -hmm. over. And over again, until I could feel enough spaciousness from within myself to be able to just create mm, a whole ranch, a whole field around someone and just literally give them the space to feel exactly how they feel. Mm -hmm. And for me to just be with that. Mm -hmm. And that's OK. You feel that way. And, 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 and so many times there's been 
so many people who like literally just felt like it wasn't okay to feel how they feel. And just being able to create the space for that to just be okay, which sometimes, yeah, it's actually feels like cold to some people or they want you to placate them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's just something that I've been taught in so many different ways. Um, and I definitely think that it's important with my uh, Capricorn stellium to also say spaciousness that you can give to other people oftentimes has to do with the amount of spaciousness that you just have in your body period. Yeah. You know? And so all the, all the information in your body, if it's stuck and trapped somewhere, then you literally on a very like actual factual practical level, you just don't have space. Yeah. And so being able to release that and move that and knowing when you release that, when you move that, our so-called, what I would like our so-called trauma or the things that are crystallizing us, uh, they come up. But it's coming up to create more space. And so, yeah, that's what I would say to start with. Mm. Yeah. There's something about being honest about our capacity, too. Because yes. I think that sometimes when people are new to offering, mm. um, that's a immediate important lesson of just like, yes. what is your specialty? What are you capable of? And when are you going to um, refuse service, give a um, referral? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to like, you know, there is a way of like, being expansive or like opening our range and that's a practice but in the moment of say a client session um having the capacity to be like actually that's not something that i can offer and being you know just like knowing ourselves in that way Mm -hmm. and i think that that does come down to you know even at like a somatic level just being aware of when we have that spaciousness when we're in range versus when we're getting kind of blown out and like you know, out of capacity. And in that way, I think that for people that are, you know, listening and you're like new to offering something, if that's what you're doing, um, coming up with offerings that are in alignment with who you are, like you don't have to be a space holder or an astrologer or a hypnotist or whatever it is you're doing in a way that other people do it. It's like giving an offering or holding space that is literally an extension. It's like holding your arms out. It's like an extension of you. It's not something completely removed or outside of you that you would have to fake your way through. Mm. Yeah. I would say something else just on a really like actual practical level um, that then this could be like an invitation. If somebody wants to learn to hold space or to be able to observe any person in their humanity, just literally. Cause I mean, I used to work at a, a facility for like youth that had like a lot of trauma. And so yeah, and I got a degree in psychology, so learning, like, childhood development was, like, a really big thing mm-hmm. for me, you know? And so mm-hmm. when in learning childhood development, I can know, like, what is the makings of someone who is so-called narcissistic? What is the makings of someone who is so-called mm-hmm. anxious attachment? Mm-hmm. What is the makings of the so-called avoidant attachment? What is the makings of the fill-in-the-blank? And if you can understand that... So important. If you can understand that, you can root down... Yeah. And create more space for it. It doesn't mean you tolerate it. It means you just have more spaciousness with it through understanding. And and not just like tolerate. Like you don't you don't feed it. It doesn't mean that you feed it in a person, right? Mm-hmm. Or that you you put it on them as like this identity, this badge, and totally crystallize it, crystallize it even more. A thousand percent. You you delayer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The patterns, like- the actual patterns, as opposed to staying with just the 
prescription, the diagnosis, like these are really important things to know, the attachment psychology, all of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't have a degree in psychology, but I have deeply studied those for my own life and et cetera. And they inevitably, when you work with any human, they're going to be a part of the dynamic. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so understanding it, but not just staying there at that level, but actually breaking down the patterns. And I feel like this is a really core thing about space holding too, or I guess maybe not space holding as much as it is being a practitioner of really holding someone through processes of any kind, right. Um, is, is being able to spot patterns and we only get better at spotting patterns when we are able to dismantle our patterns from the inside of ourselves. Totally. <laughs> Cause we think we're like really unique and really we just create these <laughs> incredibly sophisticated <laughs> webs of delusion that yeah. then, you know, what you were talking about, you know, I was thinking about, Arakai, who has also been on this podcast, and if you haven't listened to the podcast of Sabrina with them, I highly recommend, who mm-hmm. is incredible and is a deep friend of ours, mm-hmm. a mentor for me, and a, like a deep friend. Um, you know, I Arakai came into the last LOBA and did a little like workshop towards the end of our, our LOBA, our last LOBA initiation in person, and they were they were teaching something. And I just remember this particular thing that was like so key that what it was around our ability to be shred over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more that I'm actually able to let myself be space, like have space held for me, right. That actually increases also my capacity to have space held, like to hold space myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like having the, 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 the like solid fucking teachers who, can hold me relentlessly, right? Not just give me the pass just because, oh, you know, and just because it's easier, the comfort, the, oh, no, I'm just not really good, whatever. It's like, it's it's because of the teachers that I've had. I'm t- thinking of three in particular who have just been so like unshakable with me, like fully sat with me and I just like let myself be shred even when it's fucked up my whole grasp of understanding of myself and, and, and trusting them enough that, that the process that they're taking me through is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so like part of holding space is having um, guides really. And like actually investing in the training um, and the experiences, you know, so there's a way of like, putting forth the effort for the craft and then the even like maybe softer spiritual, like inner opening, but there is like a, a concerted effort toward growth and toward training. I feel Mm. like that really goes into it where it's like, you can have a natural gift um, and then train, train, like actually train. And there's ways, you know, sometimes that costs money. There's also ways to get um, creative about like resources I'm thinking about when I lived in Olympia and I did tons of trades with other practitioners and was like, you know, very upfront with people of like, I'm a new astrologer. This is a practice reading. And I traded with so many body workers, people like um, of healers of all kinds. And I got to learn what I liked and didn't like. And to also open to receiving, you know, like so many psychic readings and so much body work, I was kind of it was interesting to receive so much of that and feel completely safe within myself. Like sometimes I notice that people don't 
you know, they're like waiting for months to get their first astrology reading because they really want to trust the person. And I'm like, do you trust yourself to like Mm -hmm. take the advice that resonates with you and leave the rest? Like Mm -hmm. I've gotten readings from psychics on the street who like say things where I'm seeing like, yes, they're right. And then at the end, they're like, and there's this curse on you. And if you pay me this much, then I'll, you know, and I'm like, okay, never mind, you know, (laughs) and just like what it's like to actually open to receiving space holding. Cause I think I've talked to so many people that it's like, they don't have any guides or teachers and they're just waiting for the right one to appear. And I'm like, why don't you go experiment with a bunch of people and like, you know, just get out there and like be wild with it. Like that's the approach that I took. And it was marvelous, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, I think sometimes people are precious about it in this way where it's like, you can engage in another person's space and be discerning. And also like, if you don't like a practitioner completely, you can like have that opinion. You don't have to demonize them Mm. or think that they're Mm. harmful or whatever, you know, it's like, resonating with what you resonate and leaving you know the rest and for really deep stuff you know like for example if I'm doing like really deep body work I want to really trust that person's nervous system and I'm not just going to let someone who I feel completely uncomfortable with do really deep tissue massage on me I might just be like this actually isn't a good relationship with this practitioner just like I might if I'm seeing a um, astrologer, the depth of rapport I have with them is going to influence how much I share with them. And if I don't really fully trust them, I might keep the reading a little bit more superficial, you know? So I adjust how deep I'll go depending on how deep I trust someone, but I'm willing to kind of figure that out. Mm. Mm. You just shared so much juice, so much medicine. <laughs> I want to, can I riff off of yeah, yeah. So the willingness to be a beginner I literally did donation-based free $40, $50 things as like, as a beginner and was just like, okay, I'm doing this hour long session, 40 bucks, you know, and I'm like brand new or even free Uh, taking, I would take women out like one-on-one into the woods. I would, I would do these pussy steaming, uh, which is like a a practice of, of steaming your pussy practice, um, you know, guided breast massage mirror work. And then I said, you know, it's like, and that took years of me not pretending I was a master, not pretending to like, you know, take, not taking people all the way out, you know, but like, but just really beginning where I was and being willing to be humble in my craft, yeah, humble in your craft. Yeah. Not this false humbleness of like uh, not seeing yourself because some of that's also egoic and total bullshit. But this, like this, this is like this genuine. I'm new at this, and I want to get better at this. And this willingness to make mistakes and play with people who are willing to be in that experiment with you. Totally. You know what I mean? Don't immediately start and charge fucking like $300 a session. Yeah. You know, <laughs> take your, take, take your time, like take your time building, building your, your, your work. And, um, yeah, that's just, that's just so key. Yeah. So key. Yeah. Super important. I remember, yeah, I was for a long time. And even when I say a long time, like just two months ago, I like gave somebody a free reading for like Panera Bread. So it's like still happening. Oh, same, same, same. Yeah. No, I'll be at the airport and meet some, meet some, I met some guy and, you know, it's like, it's like he's telling me about this thing. And then I'm like, 
you know, I actually will do this sometimes and, you know, other people get advice against not doing it, et cetera. And I don't do this like with friends or what, you know, I don't overdo this, but I was really resourced. And I started talking to this guy and we, and, and I felt something and I was like, I can give, do you want to do like a short, like somatic? It's what's what I practice, like a short embodiment session. And he was like, yeah. And I gave him like a 15 minute, I think it was even less 11 minute little session with this like pain that he had in his shoulder and it totally fucking alchemized and he cried and it was like, you know, and it's like, sometimes it's like, you're just asked to, to serve the medicine (laughs) and it's not, and he, I didn't ask for any, obviously not, you know, it was just like, Oh, okay, here it is. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Something I'm like feeling into too as well is just like knowing the difference between like, what is, what is space holding and like, what is coddling Mm. And like also like understanding like, well, the first orientation for me is like, first of all, everybody's valid, period. And so since I begin from that place, um, I do validate people in their experience, but I also am not always interested in their stories. And just like knowing that there's a difference between the two things is really important for holding space, because if the aim is always to simply focus on making sure that that's valid. That's valid. That's valid. First of all, that's already supposing that the person doesn't think that they're valid. And I think that's weird for me. And then the second thing is, it's like, how deep can you go simply just validating somebody? You can't always go that deep. So there's a difference between validating and then the deepening process that comes after that. Because yeah, sometimes people do need to hear the validation, feel the validation. Um, But you know, there's, there's more to holding space than telling everybody that everything that they're going through is okay and fine because sometimes people need to do the fucking work. Boom. Mm -hmm. Are you feeding the victim consciousness in another? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a difference between, you know, someone literally being a victim of something to literally someone being victimized by themselves, their power, their life, you know, feeding their pain body. And that's, really big like that's a that's a very very human pattern and i think that there's you know this big interesting cultural war going on with the trauma informed versus like non-trauma informed or like these kind of big trauma informed warriors you know that that and i'm I'm not saying that trauma informed is not important It, it absolutely is um but there can be this way in which like we got to really, I think, I think this comes back to like really knowing what kind of container you are holding. Mm-hmm. Are you holding an alchemical container or do you really just actually just need to sit there and have your story validated? Right. Yeah, totally. Cause yeah. some people will spend years and years and like decades in therapy, not actually shifting a yeah. single fucking thing. And it's like, okay, if that's the game you want to play, then that's the game you want to play. But I'm not going to play that game with you. Totally. That's not totally. what I do. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> totally. reminds me of like when I was early on giving astrology readings, I had to develop the capacity within myself to challenge my clients. Yeah. I had to feel safe in myself to do that. And when I didn't fully have that capacity, I had a lot more sessions that were just about being a good listener and providing some reflections and the more that I got comfortable with one being challenged myself deeply and then being able to sit in that fire, it also became developing the trust with my clientele and with my students where I'm able to give challenging reflections that are received well. But I didn't always have that capacity and I didn't overstep and try, you know, to be like a penetrating guru or something before I had that capacity, before I was really ready. 
it was just interesting to sit in that when mm-hmm. it first started out. Mm-hmm. I will definitely say that I've made some mistakes in learning. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I, I yeah. definitely I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about I, it. I, I, I had to be. I've, I've, I've made mistakes and totally. had to learn. I've had to learn, and I think it's a lifelong refinement. But yeah. 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 Risk. Yeah. Being able to take that risk. Right. No. And so, I mean, the version for me, it's like having those early sessions where I wasn't, you know, even saying much. Like I used to have client sessions where someone could just talk for the whole hour and I wouldn't even say anything. And getting to a place of being like, you know, I'm going to interrupt this person because they're in a story. Yeah. You know, and and they're just looping. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, it's, and it's like, if I'm going to get whatever demonized, et cetera, or, they're going to get upset for a moment. Like you can, you can hold that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I would even tell somebody like, um, yeah, it was I'm like, that's valid. That's even, that's valid. You know, like somebody like demonizing yeah. me, I'm like, sure. Oh, actually no, that's valid too. And also, so what? Because if like, <laughs> if you're, if your edge is at the point where you, oh, you can only be validated, you will never truly become yourself. And I'll be doing you a disservice every single time that I work with you. If that happens, not every single time, that's not true. Let me backtrack on that one. But a lot of times that's true, you know, holding space, I guess, involves like some willingness or even some anticipation that people might kind of like, you know, take punches at you. Oh, it's happened, you know, from the very beginning of being a teacher. Um, I began teaching, inviting my students to give me feedback about the class because I was like, you know what? I'm a new teacher. So I would take in feedback. And every time I got feedback, it was like this moment to navigate differently because sometimes the feedback felt really valid to me. And I was like, you know, you have a good point. And I would integrate that feedback into my teaching. And other times it was just really not relevant or not true or some kind of projection or some kind of parental transference or authority figure mm-hmm. transference. Mm-hmm. And to get into the space where um, teaching actually taught me how to hold a really firm boundary because When I'm setting a container, I care about the experience that everyone is having. So if someone's talking too much, it's my responsibility to kind of like cut them off. And I'm also, you know, trying to create an environment where I'm still like, you know, not totally like unless that's the experience that people are signing up for to have their ego structures slain. I try to do things gently, (laughs) you know, Um, but yeah, with my teaching, you know, to get reflections from people, um, there's been times after teaching where I get an e- two emails the same day of someone being like unsatisfied with the experience and then someone being like, this was the best thing ever. And it's taught me a lot actually about how to be more accurate about representing what it is I do. So I attract the right people in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting direct confrontations from people who have worked with me and not collapsing under that, not feeling like I'm bad at what I do because of that, but recognizing that like you can own a restaurant And someone's going to come up to the front and be like, this food's disgusting. I'm going to write you a one star Yelp review. Like people can get upset and how you hold that in your space, um, how you hold your realm, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be like resisted or not going to have conflict. And I think that's really confronting um, and soulful, honestly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something too, I think. Um, in terms of community, Annabelle Gatt said this on a podcast I really loved where it's like, it was about astrology specifically and how, because astrology is unregulated, it's like, how do you know when you're an astrologer? And it's like, well, when your community recognizes you. So if you're a space holder, you have medicine, 
um, there's these processes of like really refining that medicine and then ultimately also feeling accepted by your community in it. And so there is something around holding the truth of what you're doing and not being in a codependent or fawning relationship with people who don't understand your medicine, um, but also getting to that place where you do have, you're seeing the results of your practice. Um, and if that means that you start out slow and you start out with people who are willing to be in the experiment with you, I think that's really important. Because if you're falsely marketing yourself as more advanced than you are, people are going to get mad that you're like um, diluting, you know, them versus if you're honest about where you're at, people tend to be so much more compassionate and forgiving and allowing and like playful and open. Um, And then there's space to learn and refine and grow from there until it becomes so obvious that, yeah, you're doing amazing work. You should raise your rates and like more people are coming to you and you start to build that really organic relationship with community um, and with your space holding. I didn't know those two themes were going to actually That's match up. They totally do. That's really beautiful. So mm. any closing thoughts and let us know how we can find you and work with you. Mm. I've loved this conversation. I just love both of you so much. I love you so much. So wise, so unique and brilliant. And yeah, mm. this Gave me a lot of juice and energy. Um, so you can find me at Carla with a K. So K-A-R-L-A. Palomino. P-A-L-O-M-I-N-O. I guess it's going to be written. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> CarlaPalomino.com. And um, follow me on Instagram. Carla Palomino to underscores Mujer de la Tierra, which means woman of the earth. And... Yeah, so many different avenues of journeying with me. I have small bites, you know, monthly, and I have, um, you know, like a like a ritual that you can purchase. You know, I have different just like ways to interact. I would say just come in, like start just following and and getting to know my my teachings, my like what I what it is that I'm really about. Um, and also I have, yeah, I, I work with people one-on-one. I work with people inside of Tierra Alma, which is my foundational embodiment, cultivating a relationship with your body, with your body, with your arrows, with your, with your truth, or doing like a really deep dive, which is, which is Loba, those, the, the rite of passage in person. So, and I also have been, I just started a newsletter too. So I've been really excited about that. So get on my, on my newsletter list if you want to follow my work. We'll have those links in the notes. Beautiful. Yeah, Cameron Allen here. Um, my website is www.cadreamplant.com. Uh, my Instagram is cadream6. And yeah, you can go on my website. I have a course up available called The Health Secrets of the Zodiac. I'm currently doing a 12-month webinar program with Kepler College over holistic embodied astrology that just goes over the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of the each zodiac sign, as well as how to attune to each zodiac sign through nature itself, how to look at um, the rising sign for each zodiac sign and tune into it from a more we could call it medical astrology perspective, but how the medical astrology and the psychology and the emotional body all synthesize together. And it also has um, two embodiment practices for each zodiac sign. And it also has two plants that correspond to each zodiac sign. So you can check that out on Kepler's website. 
I also have the embodied astrology talk that I gave at Norwalk, which was quite epic, if you ask me. And um, <laughs> I think that is it for now. No, it it's was not. Epic. That talk changed my life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a five-week holistic health and astrology course out at Synchronicity University with Nadia Shaw. There will be a follow-up coming this year, so you can still get that. And yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. I do do one-on-one sessions, and I also have been taking on a decent amount of mentees, which can look a lot of different ways. I have a three-month package, six-month package, and then a year-long package. And if you want to work in a long-term way with your chart to be able to synthesize your body, your mind, your spirit, and practices that are actually practical and applicable for your everyday life. And you can carry with you to create longevity and understanding of how to be in connection and relationship with the planets in a way that's not fear-based, but it's looking at it directly in the eye and being able to attune and stream the consciousness of the planets through your body mm. and know what's up. Yeah, I'm I'm the one for that. So, yeah. Mm. Hmm. I love you both so much. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad that we're here together. It's been, it's always up leveling and amazing to mm-hmm. be in the presence of both of you. And I'm really glad that we got to transmit this. And thank you for those of you who answered the Instagram story and gave us these prompts. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll be back for more. Yes, we will. Peace. Love you all. Peace. Thank you.